Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah, I am. I'm just a little embarrassed, and I'm going to tell you why. And uh, we're actually going to show you why. As uh, I'm not doing well with weight loss. You see this thing right here? It's really good. You see this bucket? Serving size, two-thirds of a cup, 12 servings per container, 12 grams of fat, 30, it's dripping still, 30, 33 carbohydrates, basically crap. You see this? I ate the entire thing Saturday evening and Sunday all day. There's nothing in it. There's not a daggone thing in it. That's how I do when my wife is out of town. Oh, baby, was it good. But now I've officially, and a lot of you will say, oh, geez, really, again? I've officially, I drink beer. I've officially started Health Week this week. Yes, no alcohol at Bongi's. No alcohol and no sugar. Yep, that's right. This was ridiculous, but I got to tell you, it was so good. So the, here's the deal. So I don't know how your weekend went, but my weekend went this way. Uh, Friday came. My wife was out of town. I did a podcast with some guys at like 10 o'clock at night. So as I watched, I got my brains beat out on football bets. Okay. Had to get up a little bit early. Was playing in an old man. Well, Old Oakland is the name of the golf course. It's right over here. And I signed up to play in their senior club championship. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know senior starts at 50. I'm 60, but I've been playing well. Ryan and Dylan, can we put the results up? Yeah, there it is. There was uh, nine people. David Moore withdrew. John Dahmer, I came in after shooting a 92 on Saturday. And we're having a beer or two, and I looked at John Dahmer. I go, hey, man, I heard you had a 10. What would you shoot? He goes, 93. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't in last. And then John, myself, and the guy who was third, Steve, we played in the final group. And I beat him. He shot another. I don't know what he shot, but I shot 86. I'm a six handicap. My last two rounds have been 75, 78, and 76. The wind was howling. The pressure got to me. I don't know. But right there, I didn't come in last, damn it. I came in second to last of those that played both rounds out of nine. But I didn't come in last. The best player at the course, who's a former PGA player, hell, he shot 81 yesterday. It was tough conditions. I was grinding. So what did I do? I came home. And guess what? I came home and started eating. Yeah, I did. And eating, and eating, and eating, and eating, and eating. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show you something else that happened that I didn't, uh, maybe I should have, but uh, I didn't send the fellas the picture of. But anyway, this has 3,000 calories in it, and I sat there yesterday and devoured uh, the second half of it. 
because football was good. Football was really, really good. Welcome to the show. Uh, all right, let's get into it. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is the coach of the Ravens, and John Harbaugh has my favorite player. John Harbaugh, for whatever the reason, decided that John Harbaugh was going to go all John Harbaugh, and John Harbaugh was going to discuss on Friday what happened on Thursday night football. Well, what happened on Thursday night football was Tua Tungavailoa was left in the game. And Tua Tungavailoa got snapped down, got his head snapped, had a concussion. It was horrific looking with the fingers and all that. But Tua Tungavailoa is as fine as you can be for a guy having a concussion. All right, let's put up John Harbaugh's quote because, well, a guy coaching in Baltimore surely knows. Uh, I just like probably most people, I couldn't believe what I saw last night. I couldn't believe what I saw last Sunday. I think it was astonishing to see. I've been coaching for 40 years and never seen anything like it before. It was just something that I couldn't believe I was seeing. Now, John Harbaugh has no access to the medical records of Tua Tungavailoa. John Harbaugh has no access to anything except for John Harbaugh's opinion. I mean, don't football coaches live in a tunnel? They don't even know that the World Series is going on. They don't even know what their kids' names are. Isn't that what we always hear? But John Harbaugh, for whatever the reason, decided that John Harbaugh was going to go all John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh was going to let everybody know what he thought to the embarrassment of, well, frankly, his team. Or, excuse me, another team. You know, you're coaching the Miami Dolphins. You don't need the most veteran of coaches in the NFL saying crap like that. You don't need that. You're dealing with your own crap. What do you mean? So my answer would be to John Harbaugh, well, let's just say for the sake of argument that everybody involved at Miami is telling the truth, and it was not a head injury. It was a back injury. Let's just say for the sake of argument, all right? Let's just say for the sake of argument that the player got cleared by all the doctors. Well, would John Harbaugh play him? Of course he would. Dude got slammed down. Dude got a concussion. You're telling me if John Harbaugh, again, we're just assuming that everybody involved in this is telling the truth. Last Sunday, not, not Thursday, the Sunday before, Tua went down with a bat. Not anything else, just a bat. Okay. Let's say for the sake of argument that everybody involved, even though one guy's been fired, but let's just say for the sake of argument that everybody involved agrees it's a back and he can play. You're telling me John Harbaugh wouldn't play a guy? Please. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, the level of stupid in that statement. And here's where karma got John Harbaugh. Now, 4.15 left. They're on the two-yard line. Fourth down tie game. You got a chance to kick field goal. You go up, you trust your defense, or you can run it in. Now, modern NFL football pretty much says you go run it in. Well, that's what John Harbaugh did. And I don't know why modern NFL football says you go run it in. It's just what modern NFL football says you do. Because there's two dudes up top. Frank Reich here in the Indianapolis Colts got these two dudes up top that dictate everything. They got a direct line to his ear. They tell him what to do. And most times, Frank Reich gets it wrong. However, having said that, John Harbaugh made his own mind up. At least that's what he said. So John Harbaugh did John Harbaugh. And John Harbaugh, you know, so many times I'm saying John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh went for it. It didn't work. Ultimately, down the field they come. And John Harbaugh loses the game. Now, they're up 20-3. to You can't hold a 20-3 to lead with the best player in football, John Harbaugh. I like John Harbaugh, actually. He's always pretty nice to me. Comes over when I was doing Radio Row at the uh, – 
combine. He would see me. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Come sit down. But anyway, long story short, he doesn't. They lose. Uh, really, it's one of the few times you'll ever see uh, a walk-off. It was a field goal. It was a walk-off. Bills win. Ravens lose. But that wasn't the best part. The best part was this guy named Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, John Harbaugh, been together forever. Marcus Peters just decided to lose his mind. Now, you got to understand, Marcus Peters is a defensive player. Very good one. Marcus Peters, as a defensive player, had the chance to stop the Buffalo Bills numerous times. Guess what? Marcus Peters didn't. So what did Marcus Peters do? Marcus Peters did what all football players do, what all young men do in this day and age. Marcus Peters blamed somebody else. In this case, the coach. I wish we could show it, but NFL's got all those rules, and I don't blame them. But Marcus Peters then went nose to nose, face to face, with his coach. And he was mad. He was really mad. Oh, ba, 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 ba. I'm throwing my helmet. I'm losing my mind. Good for you, Marcus Peters. Oh, by the way, aren't you on defense? The ball started at the two or three yard line. You, you couldn't get a stop. But hey, it's the coach's fault. <laughs> Look at him. Look at old number 24. I'm mad. Everybody's got to receive. You always have to pay attention to the Indians. You ever notice that? Did you ever notice that? We pay so much attention to the idiot. Hey, look, coaches lose their mind too. They're idiots too. But when players want to fight coaches on the sideline because they were a part of not stopping is just ridiculous to me. And it's perfect for the players. It's glorious. I love it. I do. I love it. All right, let's talk a little football. I can't decide something. And I'm going to go to my phone here during the show. Uh, because I need your input on this. Is Tom Brady, R, I guess, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers washed up? Or are they still great? I can't decide. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. Let's take him first. I'm watching Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to let you decide for me. So please, if you can, let me know what you think. Because I'm watching Aaron Rodgers, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, Really? Not washed, not really good. No, washed up. I'm watching him, and I, I honestly cannot make up my mind. So next thing you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers pulls it out. So here these guys are. Um, that's, the, that's the tale of the tape in the game. All right, yards passing. Now, yards passing in this game, we know the Zappy kid came up, but Rodgers, 244. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Rodgers. 244 is good against a Bill Belichick defense, but it's not the numbers per se. It's I can't decide when I watch him, is he an old man? Now, I heard something that I actually agree with on ESPN this morning. Dan Orlovsky was saying this offense with these weapons in Green Bay is going to be better than last year with Devontae Adams. And I got to tell you, I'm seeing athletes outside. For the Green Bay Packers, I don't disagree with him. The running game's solid. You know that. But I don't mind at all these young wide receivers. Now, the question becomes, is Aaron Rodgers still Aaron Rodgers? And when I watched him, I wanted to say yes. When I watched him, I wanted to say no. I wanted to go both ways. I did. I wanted to say no. He's not nearly as good. And then he whips a pass, and I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good. You know what I mean? It's very odd to me. It really is. It's very, very odd to me because when, I, again, I want to say he's good. 
everybody wants to say he's good. But I tell you what, that smugness drive you crazy, right? Now, I used to like the smugness. I used to think the smugness was good. I wasn't mad at the smugness. In fact, I would argue that the smugness is part of what made Aaron Rodgers great. But when you get old, that smugness is like, well, um, the guy that buys a sports car and he's 50-some years old and, you know, he's compensating for a, a whatever he's compensating for. You know what I'm saying? That's what the smugness does. So I don't have the answer, but I got to tell you, it's a question. And the fact that it's even a question does not bode well for the rest of the year. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. So we'll see what happens. But to me anyway, and by the way, there's a poll up. Our Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady all done. Uh, Brad Buffington, this is exactly right. On the YouTube chat, he said, Rodgers put the ball on the money at the end of the game. NFL receiver has to make the play. There's no question. That's what made me think he's not washed up, Brad, and I thank you for listening. What a day for Brad. What a weekend. Brad is my Wisconsin friend. He works all day. He's a farmer. And Brad got a big win yesterday with the Packers, and then they fired his coach. I'll get into Paul Christ out. BS says, hey, look, I've watched Rodgers for years. But last year, last year and this, he's kind of grown on me. I feel the same way. But I watch him and I see slower movements. I mean, these dudes are old. These guys are old. Anyway, all right, let's go to Brady. All right, tell me about Brady. Brady, nothing wrong with Brady. But I watch Brady and I'm like, man, did you see when he spun out? Um, scored 31 points. Did you see when he spun in the pocket, he looked like me. He, that's the only time I've seen Tom Brady look old. But, hey, 373 yards passing. Now, I don't know if you saw this, and I'm being literal here. They never ran the ball. Like, they never ran the ball. They being Tampa Bay. The ball did not get rushed. And what happened was... Brady had to win a game all on his own, and we know all you got to do is watch the NFL closely, and you know what you see? You see teams that absolutely cannot run the ball, cannot win. Mahomes threw it 37 times, 250 yards. All right. That's fine. That's solid. Brady threw it 52 times for 385 yards and didn't throw a pick. Here's your run game, and I got Leonard Fournette in my fantasy pool because I didn't know how to draft and they drafted him for me. Three carries minus three yards. Not great. All right. But anyway, I'm watching them and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not even going to care. I'm not going to care if they're washed up or not. I'm going to add them to the list of guys. I just like watching. I would add Matt Ryan. Now Matt Ryan's not on their level though. Uh, let's see here. Eugene McGill says, add Matt Ryan to that list. Um, I, I don't think Matt Ryan was ever in these guys' stratosphere. I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm not saying he's not really good, and I'm not saying he's not going to go in the Hall of Fame because we all love numbers. But I'm not putting Matt Ryan into this type of stratosphere. I'm just not. Now, maybe you all are. I'm going to get into some people whose stocks are up and stocks are down. 
But man, what did I tell you earlier in the year? And I could still be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I, I want to tell you, well, just because um, they're currently one and three, I told you the Steelers were going to have a bad year. I did. I also told you I didn't think Tampa Bay would make the playoffs. I think Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs, but let me ask you a simple question. Who got the better end of the deal? The Colts getting Matt Ryan? Or Marcus Mariota going to Atlanta? I don't know if you saw this, but Atlanta got it done again last night. Or yesterday, excuse me. Who got the better end of the deal? Look, I'm not saying either of them right now are on the level of the greatest quarterbacks, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, but I am saying... Hey, some guys are playing pretty well. How about Cooper Rush? Let me ask you a question. Every single day on ESPN in the morning on GetUp to get viewers, you know what they did? They talked about Mike McCarthy getting fired. Every day. Todos los días. Every day. You know what Mike McCarthy's doing now? He's winning games with Cooper Rush. Hey, look, let me give you a little history lesson. Cooper Rush got cut by Jerry Jones in the preseason, last cut. Fine, I know what he was doing. He was going to re-sign him, but here's the risk that you take. Every team in the league had a chance to grab Cooper Rush. Zero. I might be banned from Wrigley Field doing that. Hold the phone. Zero. None. Nada. Zip. Zelch. What? Nobody picked him up. Hey, look, I'm not saying he's a second coming of Joe Montana, but I am saying this. The dude's winning football games. Hey, you want to call him a game manager? Call him a game manager. You want to call him uh, Gary Hogaboom? Call him Gary Hogaboom, reference for you younger folks. Will he ever lose? That's a question. Will Cooper Rush ever lose? Look. I've not heard one of these clowns on ESPN say, you know what, Mike McCarthy's coach of the year. I'm telling you right now, Mike McCarthy's coach of the year. He's winning with Cooper Rush, a guy literally nobody else wanted. The, the Cooper, Dan Dockage is the Cooper Rush of TV. Nobody wants, but if you put me in, I'll dominate for you. True story. Uh, we here on OutKick are always ahead of the game. We don't mess around. David Hookstead is a great reporter, lives in Madison, Wisconsin. David Hookstead witnessed Brett Bielema and the University of Illinois marching into Camp Randall and whooping, and I don't mean kind of whooping, I mean whooping Wisconsin. Now, here's the deal. Wisconsin is not very good. Wisconsin is pretty much tradition. Now, I'm not saying yes or no on anybody that should be fired, shouldn't be fired, that kind of, that's up to other people. I, I don't know. And I understand what David Hook said was saying. It's frustrating. You're watching these teams take off and you're watching the gap between Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Michigan widen, widen, widen. You don't want that. But be careful what you wish for, Bo Pelini. Matt Fortuna put this out. Paul Christ is a Wisconsin native, Wisconsin alum. He spent 33 of his 56 years of his life in that town as either a quarterback for the Badgers, a kid, or a coach. Now, you're all immediately saying, yeah, I don't care. Okay. 67 and 26 is his record. 
in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. This isn't against Wisconsin lacrosse. This isn't against Northern Illinois. This is in the Big Ten. Three West titles, two New York Six Bowls, two-time Coach of the Year. Be careful what you wish for. Now, I have not looked at this, but that was the tweet. And a lot of people are saying, hey, look, they were a perennial top 10 program, 2010 to 20. Now they just lost at home to their former coach who helped build the program. Last two weeks have been embarrassing. Something need to happen, needs to happen. Look, I will say this. Winning the Big Ten West is like, I always use it, being the most handsome man at the Dockage family reunion. While it's a nice award, it doesn't mean much. Big Ten West stinks. Hell, Northwestern comes out of the Big Ten West. One and nine in his last 10 against ranked teams. All right. All right. Zero Big Ten titles and zero big wins. Well, define a big win, dummy. But I get it. I get it. But be careful what you wish for. Hell, I would argue that uh, not only is Nebraska still reeling, from Frank Solich slash Bo Pelini. They've dug themselves a hole where they're not getting out. I don't care if they beat Indiana. And that guy, Mickey Joseph, there wasn't a single person listening to him on the sideline. It's really funny watching him jump around. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know how I roll. There will be a Cuse discussion this week. Syracuse, that's right, the mighty Cuse is in the top 25. Now you're saying to me, double this. Why the Cuse love? I'll tell you why the Cuse love. Uh, the love of my life went to Syracuse. Her son lives in Syracuse. Kids were brought up in Syracuse. That's right. Dino Babers, I love Dino Babers. Dino Babers is one of my favorite coaches. When Dino Babers speak, I, I go, yeah. Yeah, I can get down with that. Dino Babers was at Bowling Green. He did something I was not smart enough to do. He got the hell out. So guess what? The Cuse is now 27th in, 22nd in the country. You know who they're ranked above? LSU. Bad ranking. LSU's pretty good. I mean, I know you all don't like uh, Brian Kelly, but y'all are idiots. LSU's pretty good. Anyway, so 19th is Kansas, 20th is Kansas State, and 22nd is the Cuse. The Cuse is on the loose. I ain't mad at the Cuse. Cuse is undefeated. They played Wagner this week, and they're up uh, 59 or 49 and a half. They shortened the game. This is like Little League Baseball, right? They shortened the game to 10-minute quarters in the second half, rightfully so. I think it ended up 66 to nothing. They got a quarterback named Schrader and a running back named Tucker. It's must-see football at the Cuse. I don't even care who they play next. I'm not even talking about it. We're going to enjoy the Cuse in Kansas being in the top 25. End of the week, we'll talk about the Cuse. End of the week, we'll talk about Kansas and who they play. But it's Monday. Can you not enjoy? Can you not just simply say the Cuse is on the loose? Alabama overtook Georgia. What's going on? Did Kent State break Georgia? Did Kent State break the spirit of the Georgia Bulldogs? I don't know. But then Georgia came back and was in real danger at Missouri. See, I will say this. Road games are hard. But you know what? Georgia came back and won. Alabama, they could play me at quarterback, and they're going to win games against certain teams. I mean, my God, Arkansas had everything going, all the momentum. Bryce Young's got an AC joint, backup quarterback, who is the fastest guy on the team. 
How about bringing in a backup quarterback that's the fastest dude on the team and looks about six foot three, 220 pounds? <laughs> Good for Alabama. That's called recruiting, people. It is. All right, so Alabama ends up whipping Arkansas and jumping Georgia. But I got to tell you, Arkansas, again, I've said this, everybody has their crack. Everybody takes a shot at Alabama. Everybody does. Nobody ever gets them. I guess Georgia got them last year. Okay. Once in a great while, you get them. But you pack stadium, Walton Money. You know what I saw? I saw Walton Money just flying in the air. I did. It was just Walton Money. Walmart Money was flying. Players were grabbing. It was NIL Saturday. No, it wasn't, but it, you know. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to get them. We're trying to get them. We're trying hard. Dylan and Aaron and Ryan, and we're all trying to get Lane Kiffin on the show because I am a big Lane Kiffin fan. I'm not kind of a Lane Kiffin fan. I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan. Lane Kiffin, to me, is the kind of guy you just want to hang around with. Why? Because you're going to have a good time. I begged. I pleaded. I prodded. I did. Indiana, please hire Lane Kiffin. No. It's like when I told Indiana they got to hire Urban Meyer. You've got to hire Urban Meyer. You must hire Urban Meyer. No, we got Jerry DiNardo. Okay. That didn't work out great. I'm sorry. It just didn't. Anyway, so Lane Kiffin goes to Mississippi. This is pretty cool. Number nine in the country is guess who? Mississippi. Number eight in the country is guess who? Tennessee. Pretty cool. I would love to see those two play again. I just like it. I like stuff like that. Last year we had batteries. I don't know, but Lane Kiffin is a great, great football coach. I think he's perfect for college football. There isn't a guy in college basketball that reminds me of him. College basketball, everybody is dull. College football, for the most part, same thing, but not Lane Kiffin and I like it. Lane Kiffin actually said, and, and look, I don't blame him, that one of Kentucky's idiot defensive coordinators talked too much. He got too mouthy. So Lane Kiffin and the fellas had to slap Kentucky around. Now, didn't look great, but then Kentucky started giving the ball back to Mississippi. Look, Mississippi, Kentucky is something I never figured I would talk on a radio show or TV show, but I got to. Good for Lane Kiffin. Ladies and gentlemen, it is on this weekend. Drop everything you're doing and listen to me if you've listened to nothing else. Big noon. Saturday is coming to Indiana University. Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. We're all for you. That's right. I'll be down there. I'm going to go hang out. Eric Shanks, who runs this joint, Fox Sports, is an Indiana grad. I knew him 100 years ago. We used to play softball on an Indiana University uh, athletic department softball team. But Eric Shanks wants Indiana involved. So guess what? Big noon Saturday is coming. It is. It's coming to Bloom Tucky, baby. That's right. Coming to Bloomington. Indiana always plays Michigan well at the Rock Memorial Stadium. And on Sunday, Urban Meyer and I are taking on here in, well, in the beautiful city of Indianapolis. Urban's going to come back and stay at the crib. And then we got a morning tea time against two local yokels. I'll give you the results and we'll, we'll pump it up over the week. We'll see if we can get Urban on this week. The road to the national championship no longer goes through Bloomington. But, but the epicenter of college football next Saturday is in Bloom, Tucky, baby.
Boy, they get mad when I call it Bloom Tucky. I was there 17 years. It is a bit of a combination of Bloomington students and Kentucky. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll be down at Nick's. We'll be having some beers. We'll be playing some Sink the Biz. That's right. I drink beer. I'm not drinking this week. No. Health week. I'm going to do a little Kayla. Look it up if you don't know what it is. Uh, anyway, this will not be happening. This right here shan't happen. Hey, Jared. Oh, he's upstairs. He looked it up. 250 calories, whatever 250 times 12 is, basically three grand. It was good, though. You know what I did? Put a little strawberry jelly on it, too. All right, Jonathan Hutton yesterday, uh, monster game in the AFC South. The Colts stinks. I hate him. I love him. I hate I love him. I hate him. Jonathan Hutton covers the Titans. I cover the Colts. I got nothing to say, nothing, zero zip, except that the Colts are soft as a baby's backside, and I've been saying it for years. I've been getting ripped by the local media. <laughs> what has two thumbs and is always right? We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I have a saying that I, I used to say to my kids when they were blanking me off. I say, you're giving me gas. <laughs> you're just giving me gas. Colts give me gas. They just, I look at my son and go, go, go you're giving me gas. Go stand in the corner. Nose in the corner. Go, go, just go, go, go. Uh, that's how I feel, Jonathan Hutton. Star of Outkick 360. That's how I feel about my Colts in the first half. 24 to 3. Like, what are we doing here? How'd you see the game yesterday? Uh, uh, Dan, great to be back on with you. Um, look, this, both of these teams are pretty simple, right? Uh, we know their path to victory is through the run game. Derrick Henry won the run game battle against Jonathan Taylor. And, and these two teams are extremely one-dimensional. And you've got to beat them. You've got to do two things well, I believe. Stop the run, and you've also got to rush the passer when it's time for the quarterback to actually step up and make a play. You've got to affect them with your pass rush. And Matt Ryan is a fumbling machine. I think he had, what, his eighth yesterday? You'll know better than me on this, but his eighth, I believe. Um, (laughs) Taylor, non-factor, non-factor. He averaged just over two yards per carry, which I think is his worst for any any game. He's had over 20 carries in a game. Look, the, the Titans are not perfect either. They're far from it. They they have some stupid penalties every week. They have major depth concerns. Uh, they, they play well for two quarters, and then they're inept offensively for the rest of the game, but they're not turning the football over, and, and they're starting to get their run game going with Derrick Henry. Henry. They're, they're getting their identity going in the trenches. Henry was good uh, against Indianapolis, and he's going to have to play that way and play at that level for this team to continue to post wins moving forward. And then as for the Colts, I'm curious what you think here. I, I think there's a massive game now coming up for them in Denver on a short week because we don't know the extent of Taylor's ankle injury and then Broncos running back Javante Williams 
he's also hurt. So a, a big game because they've now played three divisional opponents, the Colts have. They're 0-2-1, and they'll have Jacksonville and Tennessee coming up after the Denver game. And I asked you about this on, on OutKick 360 last week. Frank Reich, I think, should not feel safe in his position. I know they got the contract extensions and all that, but if they can't figure out their offensive problems, he might be coaching for his job whenever the Titans host the Colts October 23rd because Ursay has been measuring the offseason by two things, Carson Wentz and the Tennessee Titans. And I think yesterday's a, a, a great job of Vrabel and his staff doing what they've done well offensively, which is start fast, and then defensively finding plays. Danico Autry uh, with uh, the sack of the game, but also he had the strip and you get a, uh, an interception um, by Tier Tart. I mean, they've got role players stepping up and making big plays, and I didn't see the Colts doing that. Well, I think you're absolutely right about Frank Reich. I think that Frank Reich, uh, ever since the Jacksonville game, it feels like you know, you know, that he is coaching for his job. And to your point about about the Titans, we 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 did talk about it. Jimmy Ursay mentioned it at the owners' meeting in an interview with Mike Chappell, longtime writer here, that the Titans were the the bell cow, the team we're chasing. And then on uh, August 17th here in Indianapolis, he did the same thing. And really, he's never done that. So now. You come out, you get beat, you get beat at home, the crowd is booing, the offense is non-existent. Let me ask you this, because I, I, I've i been very critical of the Colts' offensive line over the last two years, and I know that they're the highest paid. When you watched the Colts yesterday and the running game, and what, what did you think of the Colts' offensive line? Not much push up front. You know, and, and really they look similar to the way the Titans have been running the football for about two and a half weeks. So it, it, I, get, I, I'm, I won't say they're mirror images. I think there are areas of the Titans where they're better. I think areas of the Colts where they're, they're better. Um, but it, it's these, – these, both of these teams, Dan, have a, a very narrow path to victory. They, they cannot make stupid bleep happen, as Rabel would say. And, you know, I, I think Vrabel's just a better coach than Frank Wright. And I think some of it came down to that, even with the end of the first half debacle that I saw and and how inept and lethargic this offense looks over the final two quarters. Um, they built such a nice cushion at halftime that it was it was tough for the Colts to come back. And I think also the other key with this, I don't think – other teams respect the Titans passing game or the Colts passing game. And because of that, you're able to load the box with eight, eight and a half, sometimes nine, if you want to drop both safeties and come up and go. I think that's a huge part of it. The quarterbacks are what they are. They're middle of the pack. If we're just ranking starters to worst, first to first to worst, they're middle of the league. But it's a very top-heavy position right now in the NFL for elite play and even for great play. I think both of these quarterbacks are just good. And because of that, defenses sit back and they wait on those guys to make mistakes, and Matt Ryan's doing it. One of the ways that they are uh, dissimilar is the Titans have shown the propensity to come out right away and play well and then not so much in the second half. We saw it with the Giants game. Obviously, we saw it again yesterday. The Colts have a propensity for being god-awful to start a game and then playing well. I mean, um, I, 
I don't go to adjustments because I'm not smart enough to know what every freaking adjustment yeah. is. I just know that that's what's been happening here. That's that's what I well, see. Well, and then consider like the Titans were really bad at starting fast a year ago. Same offensive coordinator, same personnel for the most part without AJ Brown, but for the most part because Lawan is dinged and he's out for the first couple of games of the season and then he's back in and Julio was a free a, a trade bust that is now making a catch per game or whatever in Tampa. Point being, it's not like they had some grand scheme last year and they lost AJ and it all just went to bed. I I they scored two opening touchdowns to start games last year and they've done it in all four games to begin this season. So it's, it's some of that you I, I can't explain, like, I can't figure it out. Um, and they, if they could explain it, they'd do it every week too, right? So the, the second half, though, they, they lose. They, they, had a, they built a lead by 13. They lose that to the Giants in week one. And at first, you're just kind of like, oh, this is week one. And some bad teams win in week one, whatever. Um, there, was no, there was no reason to even come out for after halftime in Buffalo. The Titans were awful. And the, they, they were outclassed by a much better football team in Buffalo on Monday night. Um, last week, they nearly let happen what could have happened yesterday happen against the Raiders. And, and you know, it's just par for the course now. This is what they've got to overcome. And there is no margin for error. You know, they're, they're a turnover away in that game from losing that game. That, that's how dire it was. It was 24-17 in the fourth quarter. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking Colts are going to win this game. You know, they haven't made a play, a big play all, all day, but Colts are going to win this game. They didn't, but that's, that's kind of the life on the cliff for the Tennessee Titans offensively, where they're going to ask their defense to step up and make plays. And Derek Henry's going to have to churn out yards. But Dan, if it's that simple, they would fix it. I, I just don't think they have the personnel to step up and make a huge play when they need it. Other than the guy in the backfield. And that's a big problem for them because now Traylon Burks is injured. We don't know the full extent of that, but he's carted off. And they've got guys banged up on the on the offensive line as well where they're trying to figure things out just like the Colts are. Let me ask you a question. Now, you have no – this is a stupid question, but it's one that we're all talking about here in Indy. So you're Jim Mercer. I want to go back to this for just a second. Yeah. You make a big deal about losing to Jacksonville. You make videos. All chips are in. You lose to Jacksonville. You get shut out by Jacksonville. Then all of a sudden, you win a game. All right. Yeah, Chris Jones talks. Next thing you know, you get a chance, and you take advantage of that chance. That's a good thing. You come back, and honest to God, Jonathan, Jimmy Ursay all week was putting out these pump-up tweets, right? Like, we got to be blah, 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 blah. And you get your brains beat out. Now, I'm. people say, well, it's early in the season. No, 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 no. This goes back to last year, a home game and then the Jacksonville game. If you're Jim Ursay, and this is your baby, he, you know, this is, this is not a corporation. This is a family business, and you're getting publicly embarrassed because you're the only guy. I, what would you do? How long a leash would you give the general manager and the coach? Well, he's – I don't know how he he wants to structure things. I know that the Titans have tied in both Robinson and Vrabel in the same contract. And I believe that's what they've done with Ballard and Wright. Correct? Like they they've they're they're on the same pretty much plane, yes. maybe yes, not salary, but same years. Yes. So 
I, I think if, if one goes, it's either one guy's got to turn on the other, which I don't think either guy would do. Um, and I would say on, on either team, just for example purposes. And uh, I think it starts with the coach because the personnel in Indy, they haven't – I mean, I think what they've said all offseason is different than what the Titans have been putting out. The offseason, as you mentioned, was Wentz. They had an awful quarterback, and he, we brought him here because our head coach coached him. And within a year, less than a year, by December, I think they knew they didn't want him. So, And, and then he goes and loses to the Raiders and then loses to the uh, the Jags to end the year. And you know he's, he's laughing and cutting up as they're walking off the field. And I, when I, I say I'm exaggerating a bit, but watching that hard knock show, it didn't seem no. like it affected him all that much. Same for Reich, by the no. way, in the locker room. Oh, these things happen. Sometimes good teams don't make the playoffs. Get out of here, man. You had seven, you had seven teams. Bad teams made the playoffs last year. The Steelers were not good. Roethlisberger was bottom third of quarterbacks. You, I would put him like one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league last year. They made the postseason. And that's his instant reaction in the locker room. That would have rubbed me the wrong way. That's why they had to come to Jesus meeting, what, the Monday after, the Tuesday after. Everyone thought walking into that one guy was going to get let go. They didn't. And now they bring back, they, they luck into Matt Ryan because the Falcons wanted Deshaun Watson. That was a mess. And it's still not working. And they're, they're getting off to these awful starts where, to me, the, the Titans do a great job of scripting their opening possession and, and then working within the game and the construct of the first half to make things happen um, consistently. I don't see the Colts doing that. In fact, if they do it at all, it's in the fourth quarter. And by then it's too little too late because of the points that they're giving up and the fact that within that entire quarter-by-quarter quarter analysis, Matt Ryan's fumbling twice per game. So – uh, you, you can't win doing that, and and could, you, you can, but you're not going to win the division doing that. Bad, they can be a bad team that comes back to make the postseason, but I don't even know if we're going that far yet, and and that's indicative of the coaching to me. I have a friend just text me, and uh, he's a guy that has been in the NFL, lives here in Indy, he's been in the NFL for a long time. He's retired, and he just texts me. He goes, I'm watching. He goes, Dan. Uh, your guest said Thursday, guy's coaching for his job. And exact quote is, and Frank knows it, long week means possible firing. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying there? Right? Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. It, and, and it, to me, it comes down, though, to the division where they're 0-2 and 1, right? If they had one of those, they're still within reach. Um, with Jacksonville playing the way they are, the Titans – the Titans are just going to have to win ugly. You know, nothing's going to be pretty. It's kind of like it, it's the AFC South in general. And he's it, it, your, your guy's right. Like, if you think about the long week and you want to get an interim in place, now's the time to do it um, if, they, if they fall in Denver. But if you want to point to a way you get back in the hunt, if you want Wright to succeed, like it's still – if Ursay is still leaning towards, I still believe in this guy – then you let him coach Jacksonville and Tennessee and see what happens. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like uh, Brian Harson at Auburn. If you want him out, don't let him coach the Bama game because Auburn finds a way to make that interesting every year. 
right. and he nearly won last year. He's up 10 in the fourth quarter. So uh, if you want Reich to succeed, I would let him coach through the the first half. Because by, by October 23rd, they're done with the Titans and Jacksonville in the division. And all that's left is one more. What? Yeah, what, they've got another game against the, the, the Texans. So I, I would um, – or, or is it Jacksonville or Houston they'll be done with, Dan, by the 23rd? Either way, they're done with two. Uh, they're, Texans are late, so they'll be done with okay. Jacksonville. They'll be done with Jacksonville and the Titans. I don't like Texans that scheduling, but it – I don't like that scheduling, but it works out well for Ursay and Reich. If Reich's allowed to coach those games, I think he's coaching against the division for his job. And if not, then you're allowing your interim to get back in the mix with an opportunity to win you over with three months to play. Last night, I want to continue the AFC conversation, Jonathan. Yesterday, hey, look, I'm not saying, you know, they didn't win. And Trevor Lawrence was awful, five turnovers, but – yeah. They, they played what I thought was the best team in the uh, AF, or NFC. They played them about as well as you're going to play them. I don't know. Are moral victories the thing in the AFC South when it comes to the, uh, the Jags? The Jags may be at that point. Like, if we're looking at a reflection in the mirror, they may, see a, they may lean towards what you're seeing than what the Colts and the Titans are looking at, right, and trying to spin. The Jags are in the mix, and, and that is so much better than where they've been in most years. Eight teams right now in the AFC, I believe, are two and two through the first four weeks of the season. Jacksonville is is right there in that group, but there's still a lot left to prove before, at least for me, I'm saying, ah, they're for real. Because Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to have these ebbs and flows. He really good week um, where – Last and then and then he hit some crazy lows last week. I believe, yeah, he was the the AFC Offensive Player of the Week last week, where they went on the road. His first road victory came against the Chargers, Player of the Week. And then yesterday is one of his worst games of the season so far. In I mean, it would have to be of his career. He fumbles and loses four four of them, uh, through an interception, and the way they win is by protecting the football, which. They've done very well through the first three games. And then it was a killer yesterday because you're on the road in Philly. You build up, a, they lead 14 nothing, And then the Eagles come back thanks to the play of, of Trevor Lawrence. They're, they should get things right, Dan, this coming week. They play the Texans. They should get it right because Jacksonville can run the football and Houston is awful at tackling and, and run defense. But the, the Jaguars are in the mix because of the division. It, it seems it's it's Tennessee and Jacksonville right now at, at, at the, the quarter pole, with Indy being a close third because of the, their, their schedule coming up. And I would say uh, to, to Jags fans who are grasping for some improvement, you're, you're seeing it, even though we didn't see it yesterday offensively. They, I, I really like their young talent on defense. But they're not in the Philadelphia class of 2022. The Eagles did not play their best either, but they won a sloppy, defensive, run-first football game. And the Jags were trying to do the same thing. And the better talent and the better quarterback won out yesterday on the road. Last thing before I let you go. You're in, you're there in Nashville. I know we're all supposed to hate Lane Kiffin. I like Lane Kiffin. I like the fact oh. that Tennessee's eighth and Lane Kiffin's ninth. I, he's got a punchable face, but I like the guy. He's interesting. 
I I am no. on the Lane train. Like uh, I I you are? I defend this guy. Yeah, I I love Lane. Um, maybe I, and I, I'm probably in the minority for most like diehard college football fans who find him really annoying. And I do think sometimes yeah. he complains just for the sake of complaining. But uh, even Tennessee fans wanted him back whenever they were looking for right. this most recent coaching search. So. I, I think he's extremely entertaining. I I, said, I think he's very honest. You know, he gives his honest opinion on the transfer portal, even though he's doing it, and he doesn't shy away from saying, we're doing it too, but I've got to figure out pieces because this is the new wave of college football. He's discussing how much money you can spend elsewhere in the SEC versus Ole Miss. And I also think if, even after the game, right after the game, where they win a big a, a big game against Kentucky – um, his on-field interview is peculiar to me. It's not one of these, man, we 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 just won and got a little momentum push here where we have two teams, Ole Miss and Kentucky, that were coming off 10-win seasons, and we just beat Kentucky, and now we're we've been propelled. Their schedule is not difficult. I mean, they're in the they're in the the SEC West, but when you see it's not difficult early on, and they've done their part playing through that schedule to where their record is going to look better than their entire football team. But Kiffin's going to play this to where he's going to have options. And I find it, I find the game within the game with him very intriguing with that because he's looking at Auburn last year. He was looking at Miami and while he's not directly mentioning those programs, he is begging them to call him because He's at the at top of the food chain when it comes to headlines and uh, radio guests and television guests, and he leans into it. And I, I think he's, I think he's very smart with how he approaches things versus other coaches who are very stodgy, stuck up, and don't want you to know anything. I I think he plays the opposite in just to push the knife in and twist it a little bit with other guys in the SDC who probably you know turn their nose up at him. No, I'm good. I love it. Hey, last, last thing. So yep. I'm watching Brady and I'm watching Rodgers and part of me is like, man, they look washed up. And then I'm like, no, 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 they're not. Maybe that's just the way it is. You know, we all, one of the things when we look at greatness is we think they're always great. Like every pass they throw is a touchdown. I swear to God, I was watching Rodgers and half the time I'm like, man, he doesn't move very good. And the same thing with Brady and Nick. I don't know. Where are you at with those two? Still great? I think, yes. I mean, I think they are making bad teams look pretty good offensively right now because right. of what they're yeah. what they're doing. Like, I don't think there are many quarterbacks in the league that make the talent around them better. I didn't see that last year with Ryan Tannehill when he was playing with backups. It was the starters, and they were really good or backups, and offensively, they couldn't throw the football. And I, I think that among – the NFL is the most popular league in, in the country. If you poll the average football fan today, how many wide receivers, other than Mike Evans, could they name for Tampa Bay? Maybe they can name more than what I'm giving them credit for because they're on national TV every week. But I don't think it's more than two, three, at the like most diehard level. And – you know, Brady's propping them up. Same for same for Rodgers. And, you know, I'm seeing this with Brady last night. People are saying he's washed up. The dude threw 30, they, 47 pass attempts. They barely wanted to run the football. He's 35 of 47 for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Like, 
Um, you know, we're giving Tua the MVP if he does that. So I, 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 I kind of laugh at it because we're we're now in you know now in October looking back going there's still a lot to be played and they're also in divisions where they're going to be in the thick of it even if they're not winning the division they're most likely in the postseason based on how how good they are and how bad top to bottom some of those divisions are right now in the NFC. I know, I know, I know. I just saw something. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, shoo, 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 and I'm hey, like, ah, Dan, crap, okay. Here, here's here's the thing. I, I would say with Brady, for those that want him, they're, they're tired of him, just enjoy this season because I don't get the sense the guy's coming back, right? If you just read the room, it doesn't sound like the guy's coming back for another season. Now, I know people have been trying to have him retire since 2019, which was not a good year for them, and they still made the playoffs in New England. But I, I, I'm I, trying to soak in the fact that Brady came back for one more year after retiring for 40 days. And then Rodgers, it's an interesting contract. He's getting $50 million, But next year, there is uh, there's some salary cap implications where teams can make it work. But reading uh, some of those who really dive into the, the contractual language of things, it, it looks as though... Uh, Rodgers and and the Packers can part ways after this season, and there would be a a salary cap benefit for Green Bay, not a detriment. So th- that's another interesting one to watch with how things are playing out there. And he's actually putting the 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 ball on the money more times than not. You've got Romeo Dobbs, who can't catch a, a game winning touchdown pass with two minutes to go yesterday. No, nah, he's been terrific. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Like Tom Brady. When when I was coaching, I was one of those guys that got there at six in the morning and didn't leave till whenever, and had a happy marriage. And then I started in radio, where I only worked three hours a day, and <laughs> me being home more, I got divorced. So Brady, Brady's the opposite. Anyway, appreciate you, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. Always enjoy this. Uh, that's Jonathan Hutton. Catch him. With the fellas on OutKick 360. It's a great show. I listen every day on my way home. I do. I'm done at 3 o'clock. They come on at 3 o'clock. And then I turn them on my uh, my little phone here, and I listen. All right, I got some dumpster fires and Camilla Harris. My God. I've also got some stock up and stock down. It's a Monday tradition like no other. And then, ladies and gentlemen, at 1030, we got Ditka. We got Ditka. I love Ditka. I saw Ditka last winter in uh, Florida. He was playing gin. He was very nice to a good friend of mine. Ditka, 1030. Stock up, stop that, stock down. Camilla Harris is a dumpster fire as well. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Wide receiver news yesterday, DK Metcalf had to be carded from the sideline to the bathroom. 
That's right, in the locker room. He had goal number two, and as he said, that clinch walk wasn't going to make it. There is a legendary story that I'll never tell Dylan, Ryan, Jonathan, uh, Kaharski, or Chad about me doing an interview with, uh, well, I didn't make it. And I sat right here in my own stuff. I'm not going to get into that. That was a few months ago when I was, quote, cleansing. And uh, anyway, well, those of us that are older understand that the clinch walk rarely, if ever, ever works. Anyway, uh, there you go. Also wide receiver news, Antonio Brown, he of incredibly crazy, for some reason was in Dubai. And he whipped out the big fella and started, you know, uh, in front of hotel guests, methinks Antonio Brown has a problem. But hey, look, Antonio, God bless you, man. You blamed it on everybody else. There's video. He's got the thing out and he's in a pool. What are you doing? Keep that thing away. Keep that thing in your pants and holster. Nobody needs to see that. Uh, by the way, recap the show. See this thing? It was eaten over the weekend. That's right. 250 calories. Per serving, 12 servings. I started it Saturday afternoon. Oh, I don't know, about 4 o'clock, 3.30. And ended her yesterday around, oh, I don't know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. And it was glorious. Don't at me, people. Hey, can we put up the old man scorecard as we recap the show? I played in a senior event at my country club, the old Oakland Golf and Country Club right here. By my house. Actually, it's right next to Pat McAfee's house. Pat McAfee lives down the street in some woods. And if you ever watch the radio show, Bob and Tom, whichever one of the guys, Bob or Tom, I think it's Bob, that wore the hat. Uh, they all live in a little complex over here. It's kind of cool. And then Pat Mack has a church that he's renovating. And Pat Mack did a heck of a job on the ESPN2 kind of Pat McAfee cast. We don't have to show the scorecard, but if you have it, Please put it up, and I can make fun of myself. I did not finish last, ladies and gentlemen. I finished third for last. Uh, the guy that finished last withdrew, and the guy that finished behind me, the great John Dahmer, uh, we played together, and I beat him. That's right. So 92-86 did not do me well, ladies and gentlemen, in the old, old Oakland Senior Club Championship. All right, forget about that, Ryan and Dylan. Let's go to stock up and stock down. We already talked about him, and I'm going to continue to talk about him. By the way, we got Ditka coming up here at 1030. I can't wait. I, I, I can't wait. I love Ditka. I'm sorry I love Ditka. You guys may not like Ditka. I love Ditka. You guys may not know Ditka. But in my day, 1985 and such, Ditka was the biggest sports star in America. Dicka, Saturday Night Live, the Bears, and I grew up right there. Every one of these guys had their own restaurant. True story. I walked into Ditka's one night uh, with my girlfriend, eventually became my wife. She was from Chicago. I was from the area. We went out. We went to Ditka's to have a drink. Some Texas bazillionaire bought the entire place a drink. I'm like, really? He did. God bless him. But I like Ditka. Love Ditka. Walter Payton had a place up in Schomburg. Gary Fensick had a place. Everybody had a place. If you were Jim McMahon had a place. What are you talking about? If you were cool, you had a place. Ditka had a place in my hometown. Ditka was the man. In fact, Ditka took all the money, and I don't blame him. When last I saw Duck Coach, he was down in uh, at uh, North uh, Old Florida Golf Coast, co uh, Golf 
course playing gin, smoking cigars. It's a golf course that he created and I had a blast at. Anyway, stock up, stock down. Lane Kiffin, shoop, stock up, baby. Stock up. Lane Kiffin has got the Ole Miss, hottie toddy, all that kind of stuff in the top, not 20, not 15, 10. That's right. I said it. Top 10. And he's done it because he is incredibly innovative on offense. He is no joke offensively. He don't mess around. And I got to tell you something else. Little bit of luck on Coach Kiffin's side. Little bit of luck. I'm not saying they won lucky. I'm saying there was a little bit of luck. Uh, Kentucky, the not ready for prime time Kentucky, decided it was in their best interest to turn the football over. And when you turn the football over, particularly when you turn the football over late, guess what happened? You lose football games. So guys have come into the SEC. Now, the next hurdle is can Mississippi, excuse me, can Mississippi, can Ole Miss, who was 14th in the country last year, can they go ahead and play the big boys? I don't have the answer to that because until somebody beats Georgia, Missouri tried. Until somebody topples uh, Alabama, only Missouri seems to, or excuse me, only Georgia seems to do that. Uh, we'll see. But listen to this. <clears throat> Here's the schedule for Ole Miss at Vandal. They'll win by at Vandy. They'll win by hundred. Auburn. They'll win by twenty. And then I may go to this game if anybody can get me tickets to this game at LSU the twenty second of freaking October. They got to go at LSU. They got to go at Texas A&M. And then they have Alabama at home. We shall see what we shall see, as my father used to say. And God bless Lane Kiffin. I'm very excited about this. Uh, You Chicago Bears fans, remember Fluss? Eberfluss? Um, I'm a fan of Matt Eberfluss. My wife, my wife's ex-husband, their family, all friends of mine, they grew up with Eberflus. If Jim Shaw and Lee Ross like a person, then I like the person. They liked Matt Eberflus. They felt like Matt Eberflus and the Eberflus boys were great friends, fun guys. I'm all in on the Eberflus family. I am. I'm not messing around. They're great people. But man, oh man, the Bears stink. The Bears stink, and I am already... Tired, and I'm a Bears fan growing up. I'm already tired of Justin Fields. I don't know how you guys feel, but I need my quarterbacks, unless they're good, to just shut the living hell up. Is that possible? Can you do that? Can you just shut up? Like, don't be criticizing the fans. Don't be criticizing anyone. Be happy you have a job. You lost to the Giants 20 to 12. 12. You're like the number one pick in the draft. You were doing some talking. Back at the draft, Justin Fields. Now you're 11 for 22. You threw for no yards, 174. Hell, I can throw for 174 yards. Your team stinks. No, it stinks. I don't know what to tell you. Your team stinks. Bears stink, team stink. And you know the worst thing about Bears fans? Is that Bears fans think, they think that you care about their team. There isn't a human being alive that cares about the Chicago Bears. Not one. Zero, zip, nada. No, they don't. They don't care even a little bit, like, about your team. They just care about their team, and none of us care. The Bears, when's the last time the Chicago Bears were interested? When they moved up to draft Mitchell Trubisky? We're going to ask Ditka about this. What the hell has happened to Chicago Bears? What has happened? Because I am not happy. 
As a Bear fan, they stinks, and they're disinterested. Justin Fields was fine at Ohio State. Hell, he got beat out by Eric Squeaky Fromm. Stop it, stupid. Brent Key. You don't know who Brent Key is, do you? You don't know. Brent Key is the interim football coach at Georgia Tech. Brent Key decided, well, or they decided at Georgia Tech, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make Brent Key our interim head coach. Now, speaking as a guy that was an interim head coach and won his first couple games, I get it. I do. Eventually, water may find its level. However, first game out, my man Brent Key's got to go and play number 24, Pittsburgh, at number 24, Pittsburgh. That's right. You know what happens? I'll tell you what happens. Uh, Brent Key beats him 26-21. Now, let me put this in context for you, Georgia Tech. Let me go through the scores. Georgia Tech, 41-10, lost to Clemson. 42 to nothing to Mississippi. 27-10, they lost to UCF. They beat, what is this, Western Carolina? Yeah, Western Carolina. That was their only win. So they make a coaching change, and next thing you know, Brent Key comes in. Stock up, baby. Stock up. Let's go. Don't even mess around. Keep going, Brett Key. I'm rooting for you. We need to get Brett Key on the line. Uh, We need to get him on the show. We'll go uh, interim coach to interim coach. It didn't work out great for me, but I'm hoping it worked out. Actually, it did. If you want to know the truth, it worked out great. But I digress. From a coaching perspective, I guess it didn't work out great for me. From a life perspective, it's the best thing ever happened. But I digress. All right. Stock down, and I should have put, because people accuse me of being racist, right? I should have put Jimbo Fisher in this as well. But there is nobody whose stock is more down than Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker, he of the Michigan State Wolverines. Yay, Ra, go fight win. Mel Tucker and Jimbo Fisher. My bad. My, I know, I know. It's racist. Not to, You got to have a white guy. I get it. We all know. My bad. I just happened to be watching Michigan State play Maryland, and they were horrible. I used to think Mike Loxley, and I still do, is the worst football coach in the history of the world. Look up his record at New Mexico. But this guy here has the best agent in the world. Last year, because they gave the ball to Walker III, next thing you know, this guy turns it into, listen to this, this guy right here at Michigan State, where literally nobody cares about anything but basketball, and really only in March, Michigan State gave this guy 10-year, $95 million to coach their football team. Let me say, can I say that again? 10 years, $95 million. Now, I'm no genius, but I need, personally, to get Mel Tucker's agent. I like my agent. Maury's a nice guy. But he ain't getting me 10-year, $95 million when I haven't won jack squat. 20-17 and 17 is this guy's record in college football. 2-3 and three in the NFL. Great. Yay, Ra. Go fight win. So this guy somehow turns a 5-7 and seven Colorado job into the Michigan State job. Two and five. Yay, Ra. 11 and two last year. 
All right. Wow. And two and three. Okay. Five and seven, two and five, 11 and two, two and three. Ten-year, $95 million. Jimbo Fisher's no better. In fact, I would argue Jimbo Fisher's worse. But at least Jimbo Fisher has a background where he's won a national championship. I mean, this guy coached with the Chicago Bears when he was their defensive coordinator. They couldn't get him out of there quick enough. Let's see old Jimbo. Jimbo gets the big money. At least he's 9-4, and 8-5, and 9-1, and 8-4, 3-2. That's 37-16. and 16. That'll get you in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. But Jimbo Fisher did what guys do. He turned 5-6. and six. He got out ahead of the posse over at Florida State. He got out at 5-6 and six and got a big money deal at Texas A&M. Good for Jimbo Fisher. Wow. Jimbo Fisher, listen to this. Jimbo Fisher would be owed, it's ironic, this number, $95 million if he were to be fired without cause. He has the same record as one of my favorite coaches, Kevin Sumlin. I like Kevin Sumlin. Through their first 53 games, he's earning $9 million a year for a contract that runs through 2031. This is a man that lost 17 to 14 to Appalachian State. All right. Man, how great is that? How awesome is that? Hey, do you know what Paul Christ is going to be paid at Wisconsin? Think about living in Wisconsin. Cost of living isn't low, but it's not New York. Madison, Wisconsin. He's going to get paid $16 million to go away. Hey, Outkick, I'll take $16 million. You won't see me. Man, actually, you would see me. I like this job. All right. I like this video, so stock up. Check this video out. This video makes me happy. Do we, we can't show the video? There he is. Yeah. Look at a dancing bear. How doesn't that make you happy? Look at him. Yeah. He's just happy. Look at, I mean, if that doesn't make you happy on a Monday, your team lost, you know, you got to start a work week. Look at, just be like the dancing bear. Go outside and jump around. I always tell my wife, hey, let's go play in the grass. So we go get a ball or a tennis racket. We just go play in the grass. This bear is just playing in the grass. We should all be like this bear. Free, look, Stephen A. Smith's all up there trying to be Stephen A. Smith, and he's trying to do that, and Greeny's trying to be all prim and proper with his little stance. Ah, no, just dance around like a bear. Ah. Oh, hell yeah. Don't be Camilla. What do they call her? Heels up, Harris. I saw that the other day. It made me laugh. Uh, Camilla thinks that we are in some kind of agreement with, uh, oh, I don't know. It's Dockage's dumpster fire. Let's hear from your vice president, my vice president, the world's vice president, Camilla Harris. First, she talks about our agreement, our alliance, 
with Northern, with North Korea. Camilla, baby. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. And today, there were several demonstrations of just that point. I swear to God, she's high. Like, I think later on, and I don't have no proof of this, but I swear to God, later on, we're going to find out things. Right? The Republic of North Korea. Oh, heels up, man. She don't mess around. I got that from a woman. I thought that was pretty funny. I did. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Now, Camilla, who, and I don't get this, um, she's like half Jamaican, half Indian, but says she's African-American. I, God bless her. I mean, whatever she wants to do, God bless her. I'm a big fan. Go get him. I think she's a complete idiot. I'm sorry. I, look, law school, the whole deal, I, I don't understand it. Like, I know I'm stupid. I could barely get through telecommunications, no math at Indiana, but this is absurd, this woman. All right, let's hear crazy here on equity. Equity. We have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities. What do you got, Ryan? This is false. Rhetoric is causing undue panic and must be clarified. FEMA individual assistance is already available to all Floridians impacted by Hurricane Ian, regardless of race or background. I mean, I'm telling you, these people are dangerous. They are idiots. Um, Of course it's false. Of course it's just incredibly stupid that somebody would talk this manner. You got another one for me, uh, Ryan? It's unbelievable. I mean, that just makes sense. You know, look, I don't want anybody who has been affected by this hurricane. I'll tell you one thing I heard from a friend of mine, and I'll ask Coach Ditka about it, but I'll tell you one thing that I heard from a friend of mine that just moved to Naples. said, it is amazing how fast recovery teams are there. Like, in the middle of it all, they're there. They're working. And this idiot vice president is pandering to a crowd, and the crowd was stupid enough to cheer for. We got any more? I guess not, but honest to God, like the level of pandering these people do. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, The level of pandering these people do just to get your vote so that they can stay in office is astounding. Heels up is out of her mind. I mean, insane. Like, when did all this start? I know when it started, but my God, I mean, why are we going, well, you know, you are white, so you, huh? I mean, look, last I looked, I guarantee I pay a lot of taxes. I mean, if I'm going to look at it that way, I've never in my life looked at it that way, but I pay a hell of a lot of taxes. I don't know what that means, but I know that I'm at least deserving of an equal shake. But Heels Up is literally the dumbest person we've ever had in office. I honestly believe that obviously Joe Biden is the most senile, but given her academic background, 
Uh, Kamala Harris, who, by the way, still hasn't been to the border, I don't think, and she's the border czar, is literally the dumbest person we've ever had in office. She's half Jamaican and she's half Indian, but she's black. I, I, it's just, you guys, you guys are astounding to me. How, not you guys, but how people follow this stupidity. It is, it is absolutely amazing. But hey, it's the world we live in. And uh, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I cannot believe what I read transpired in Indonesia. Like, I, I can't even imagine that this is still going on in the United States. Look at the panic. And then, depending on who you talk to or what you read, uh, 125 million people died. And you go, man, in a soccer stadium? Over a soccer game? There was chaos. There was all, uh, they clashed in the stands. So two teams are clashing in the stands. All right? The losing team rushed the field. Police fire tear gas, triggering, you're going to see everybody running. See everybody running? Well, more than 300 people were injured. People were trampling over each other. I, I just is so, I don't even want to see most of it. It is so incredibly sad. Look, there was pictures of a lack of oxygen. So much tear gas was put in there, and people were trying to get out like one little area, they couldn't get out. I mean, this is still going on in the world in 2022. Don't we, aren't we smarter? 125 people die at a soccer freaking game? You shoot them up with tear gas. Nobody can breathe. There's only one little small exit. 42,000 people were at this event. I... I, 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 I hate videos like that, but the truth of the matter is you, you got you to gotta show them or at least a little bit of them and say, what in the hell are you doing? How are you not smarter? How are you not trained better? How do you not have more exits? I mean, when people rush the field, you ought to open up the whole place and let everybody get the hell out of there. Because I know this, if I am there and I've got kids or I'm there by myself and I see this going on, I'm not running the field. I'm leaving and I guarantee you there were a lot of people. I've actually heard morons, stupidest among us, say, well, people shouldn't run. Shut up. What are you talking about? I saw some answers to that. This is horrific. On every level, fighting in the stands over a soccer game, rushing on the field at a soccer game, shooting so much tear gas. I've seen the pictures. You couldn't even see nothing. What's the purpose? People gagging, choking, trying to get out of one little exit, and they're trampling each other, and nobody has the common decency. You know what people do now? They film it. Nobody has the common decency to try to stop it and help. No, we got to get it on video. Why? Oh, it might go viral. Okay, what's that mean? Well, it might get 1,000 likes. Okay, what's that mean? Like, people are fighting in freaking McDonald's, and idiots are just sitting there with their phones taping it. People are beating people in subways, and idiots are just sitting there with their phones taping it. We have absolutely no heart, no integrity, but hey, we got likes. I'm going to put this on my Insta face. 
What the hell is wrong with people? You see some old lady getting the crap beat out of her by some idiots on a subway, dive in the middle of it. No, man, I got to get it on tape. Really? What for? Now, don't get me wrong. Certainly tape does help. Their surveillance is great. Help solve the crime. But how about stopping somebody from getting killed? Uh, I stopped playing softball. I used to play fast pitch softball. And our team used to fight, whatever the hell the reason. So last game I played, we're there. And one of our idiots gets in a fight with the other team, and it's after the game, and it's behind home plate. And a friend of mine was in town. He was playing. He's going over there. I go, Mike, just stay right here. He goes, why? I go, look. So all the people in the stands, instead of helping with the fight or calling the police, they were just had their phones on. I go, look, all the idiots, they got to take pictures of it. That's what idiots do now. You don't want to be in a picture like that. He's like, yeah, you're right. My brother told me, you know what, Dan, you just need to live your life like you're always being filmed. I told you, I was going potty the other day, and a lady behind me was taping. I thought it was in the woods. <laughs> we got Ditka next. Darn right we do. I got to tell you, it's a thrill. But before we get to Coach Ditka, we're going to talk about DraftKings. That's right. I'm talking to you about DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com. Download the app. Do yourself a favor. Uh, I can show you the receipts. Go to outkick.com slash bets. You want me to show you the receipts of what I did on DraftKings this weekend? I hit a four-team. I put $200 on. I don't know why. I think it was too much of this. I think I, I, think I got a sugar buzz, and I, ate too, and I ate too much. But I did. I put $200 down on a parlay, a four-team parlay. I can show it to you if you don't believe me. I won $1,800. Now, don't do this at home, ladies and gentlemen, but I did. Where's one? It's right here. Hold on. I know you don't believe me. Wait. Four teams. Hold on. Hold, hold the phone. No, that was the other one I won. Yeah. Clemson? I don't know. I'm going to get rid of all this kind of stuff, but there it is. Wait. Where is it? Yeah. Clemson minus six and a half, Duke minus two, Texas minus seven and a half, and LSU to win. Play, plus 829. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh oh, that was my wife. Getting ready to board my plane. Love you, baby. Yeah. Uh, plus 829. I bet $200, won $1,858.23. DraftKings, go to outkick.com slash bets. DraftKings, baby, let's go. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. 
So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We are having trouble getting a hold of Coach Didka. Uh, something's going on there, but we're going to interview Coach Didka anyway. I will play both parts. I will play me, and I will play Coach Didka. Hey, Coach, Dan Dockage here. Hope you're doing well. Uh, what's a day in the life of Mike Didka right now? Ah, hey, Danny, how are you? I tell you what, I'm down here at Old Florida Golf Coast, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll tell you what, I play gin all day. And I smoke cigars. I got some great friends here. How you doing, Danny? I would love your show. I think you're the best. Hey, Coach, thanks, man. Much appreciated. Uh, 85 Bears. Look, I grew up my favorite team ever. Seriously, it's my favorite team ever. I mean, we all watched you. Willie Gold, Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, Richard Dent, and Danimal. Give me your best memory of the 85 Bears. I got to tell you, it's winning the Super Bowl. You're crazy. 85 Bears, most dominant team in the history of football. Most dominant team in the history of football. Now, you can look it up. You can talk about any other team that you want. You can talk about Ray Lewis. You can talk about the Ravens. But the most dominant team in the history of football was the Chicago Bears in 1985, Dockage. And by the way, you do a great job and you're a very handsome man. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> it's true. Hey, Coach, how are you? Actually, the real coach, we're trying to get him on right now, but I'll continue the interview. Uh, I had a chance to see Coach Ditka down at Old Florida. He was playing gin. He was. He was playing gin. He built this golf course. He had a bunch of guys, and it's a great place. It's a great place to be. I mean, Old Florida golf course, if you ever get a chance and you know somebody that is a member there, just play it. It's fun. Coach Ditka, how are you? Doing good, good. How are you guys? Hey coach, I'm doing great. Are you are you in Old Florida right now playing gin? Oh, oh no, no. I'm at uh, I'm in Chicago right now. I get down to Old Florida next week. Coach, give me your thoughts. You're in Chicago. Uh, by the way, it's an honor to talk to you. Huge Bear fan. Grew up in Gary, Indiana. The '85 Bears' greatest team in the history of football, in my opinion. And I thank you for that. How many people come up to you and talk about the '85 Bears? Lot of them. There's not much to talk about now, so they talk about the 85 Bears. What do you think of the current Bears? I like what they're doing. I think they got a good coach. I think they're going in the right direction. Takes time. Coach, do the Bears ever ask you for input? No. Why not? Well, that's you'd have to ask them. I mean, uh, I don't know. They probably don't. Try would you be, would, Coach? What made you? What? Let me. When you came to Chicago, obviously, you know, you were an icon. Uh, uh, you know, All Pro tight end. Everybody, Mr. Hallis was such such a big impact in your <laughs> life. When you first. Oh. When you first came there, did you 
Did you see the talent there? Did you see what the 85 Bears could become when you first got there? Well, when I first got there, I was, uh, it was a pretty uh, senior team. And I was kind of just, uh, I, was, I was a rookie. That's all I can say. Uh, but I did some of the, some of the, some of the, Bill George, some of those guys, Larry Morris, they took me under their uh, wings. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I became a pretty good football player, if I have to say so. Became a great football player. When you became the coach of the Bears, did you see the potential in that particular group? Well, I, I yeah, I, you know, I, I, I didn't think the cover was fair at all. When you look at guys like Dan Hampton and uh, and Mike Singletary and uh, you know, I, I, I can't say all of them now, but I mean, Jerry Kensick, uh We had we had a hell of a group of guys, and uh, what they had to do was get some direction, and uh, we were, our staff gave the direction, and we were very good. How did you come up with the idea for the fridge to run the ball over the goal line from the two? Well, I was watching. Uh, I was watching him um, his start. You know, the ran those ten yard gappers, and uh, I watched for about five yards. I said, "God, this guy! My first five yards, he's with he's with everybody." So I said, "Let's put him in the backfield for the block for Walter." And we did, and he bought the water, and then we put it in the back My dog just went nuts because he likes the fridge, apparently. I, I don't know. But, Coach, when, when, with all the hoopla around the 85 Bears and all the hoopla around you, you know, p- people always said that you did things to take the pressure <laughs> off of your team. Is that is that true? Well, I was trying to, but I don't know. Sometimes I put it on me, and uh, for me, I didn't get it totally off the team, but I tried to. That's what I was trying to do. Uh, well, our football team was, uh, you know, it was, the defense got most of the credit, but we had a hell of an offense. Our offensive line was very Did- good, and we had a hell of an offense. McMahon, whether you like him or not, was a hell of a quarterback. We had a, we had a lot of winners on offense. Did- did you and him get along, McMahon and you? Pardon? Did you and McMahon get along? Well, what did you say? Do we get along? Uh, did you guys get along back in the day? I think we did. I think a lot of it was. Uh, Jim just disagreed with the sake of disagreeing, but. Uh, we we got along good enough, yes. Coach, you're a really religious man. People think that you're this gruff, tough man, but I've paid attention to you. You're a very religious guy and a very sensitive guy. Are you not? Come on. Well, I mean, when you say religious, you know, I'm a Christian and uh, I'm a Catholic, and uh, I grew up in that faith with my mother. And... Uh, I believe that. I believe that's part of who I am, and it's the main part of who I am. And uh, it's important to be to have a foundation like that. And I, so I am. Yes. 
When, when you look at the NFL today, what, what, what do you see? Well, I think the NFL is great. I really do. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I think uh, they've got some great people in it, coaches, uh, players. Uh, I think it's great. I really do. I mean, I, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't, don't change too much. But uh, there's probably a few things that can be tweaked. But uh, I'm not the guy to do it. I'm not the guy to think it either. So, uh, but I, uh, I, I like what I see with the NFL right now. What do you do? What's your day like, Coach? I saw you at Old Florida last year. Um, I was playing golf there, and you were playing gin, and you were really nice to a couple friends of mine. What's a What's a day like for you? Well, it's it really not much. I mean, like today, I, I probably I probably go out to Bobble Lake and play a little gin. Other night, I, I don't do much. I mean, my my doing Coach, everybody... doing much day. I don't do a whole lot anymore, and I don't want to do a whole lot anymore. I don't blame you. I I, I don't. Uh, hey, did you enjoy um, – let me go back to something. Everybody says you're the greatest gin player in the country. Um, when you built Old Florida, you and your buddies built Old Florida, was that room that you were playing gin in built specifically by you for you? Well, it was built for all of us. And a lot of, a lot of guys – Members at Old Florida are <coughs> members up here at Bobble Lake, and uh, <coughs> what we do is play gin, so we, we made sure we had a gin room, and uh, nobody complained about it. Nobody does complain about it. If you don't like it, don't come in there. That's all. And that's what we tell people. So we got we got a pretty nice deal down there. Coach, you got a great deal down there. It, it is a place that people ought to go. Uh, you don't play golf anymore, do you? Oh yeah, don't play golf any what's your anymore. What's your oh what? What? What's your handicap? Oh, I probably uh, somewhere around fifteen. Hey, hey, coach. When you look back at your career, what's the first thing you think of? I what? When you I look back you. at your football career, when you look back at your football career, what's the first thing you think of? Grateful for the people I've had in my life, uh, being drafted by the Bears, playing for Coach Pellet. Uh, tradition, uh, that means a lot to me. I never forgot it. I never will. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's so much I'm grateful for. Um, Luke Johnson was my coach, uh, you know, with the Verity, what he taught me and, and what, 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 you know, everybody kissed in and tried to make me better because I, I did have a will. That's what I did have. And they saw that. And when they saw somebody with a will, they said, let's get this guy on the right track. And, and they did. Was Coach Hallis the biggest influence to you? Well, he was the boss. I mean, and yeah, yeah I would say, uh, yeah, I would say he was. Absolutely. Coach Hallis, uh, well, he he kind of, you know, the tight ends weren't nothing when, until I got got there myself and a couple other guys. 
John Mackey and but people saw the potential of using the tight end in the offense and Coach Hallis and uh, he saw it first and uh, worked out good because he used it that way. I mean, you, you, I got I think I caught sixty passes my rookie year. That was unheard of. So I mean, uh, plus I had a quarterback named Bill Way who loved to throw the ball to me, which made it really good. What, what, what did you take? You know, throwing the football, discipline, all that stuff. Was there anything else you took from Coach Hallis, or what did you take from Coach Hallis into your coaching career? Well, I think there's only you, you have to do things a certain way, and that's the only way it works. And that's what I learned from Coach Hallis. Coach Hallis was a don't forget when I when I I had Coach Hallis uh, as my coach. He was. Uh, I believe eighty years old, and he was. Uh, he, he, let's put it this way: he, he wasn't. Uh, he, he didn't miss a beat in anything, and uh, he, he was. Uh, he was a great. I think he was a great coach and a great leader of men. Last thing, coach, uh, b- before I let you go, um, I got to ask you: Why did you not let Walter Payton? Or what do you? I read where you regret Walter Payton not scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Is that a deal for you or any anybody else? That's the worst thing I've ever done. But I didn't think about it. I just said it did not even cross my mind in this work type stuff. That's the truth. I didn't know that it was that important to him. Of course, if I knew it was important, that important to him, I would have done it. And I was just uh, calling plays, and uh, it was no big deal. We could have done it very. Biggest thing I regret in my life. Did did you did like how did you know? There's always a story of him going in, you know, after the Super Bowl in the closet. How, how did you and him resolve that? Well, I apologized to him. I mean, I just didn't think I, I didn't think it was that important. I really was worried about uh, winning the football game, winning the Super Bowl, and so it never came to my mind. But uh, I made a gross mistake. That was, that was a big boo-boo on my part. Coach, I appreciate your time, man. You are – you are. Uh, I coached for 25 years, and you're one of my idols and loved watching you, your teams. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us, Coach. Right. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. That's Coach Mike Ditka. For those of you that don't know, um, in the Super Bowl, 1985 Super Bowl, uh, Walter Payton had been an icon in Chicago. I'm the greatest football player I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody better than him, and I still haven't. Jonathan Taylor's close because he blocks, he does everything else. But long story short, Bears are crushing New England. And they're on the two-yard line. And the entire year, it had been Refrigerator Perry. And this guy, Refridge, was a big old kid. Back then, he was huge. I don't know what he would be now. But they used to give him the ball, and he would fall forward. And he became a national icon, commercials and everything else. Well, they got to the two-yard line against the New England Patriots. And as Coach just said, he gave the ball to Refrigerator Perry. And Refrigerator Perry then scores. Walter Payton 
as Coach just said, I think that's really poignant where he says biggest mistake he ever made in his life, not giving the ball to Walter Payton. That's the respect Coach Ditka had for Walter Payton. It just is. And Walter Payton in the 85 Bears documentary was upset, really upset, kind of went in a room and kind of by himself to be alone after the game. Now, some people have said, well, Walter Payton was being selfish, but I would argue that Walter Payton was the least selfish Bears player that I'd ever seen. Walter Payton blocked. Walter Payton played with horrific offensive lines, horrific quarterbacks, horrific teams. And the dude, all this culminated with him getting to the Super Bowl, and next thing you know, I could understand that. Normally, I'm the guy that says, hey, guy, get over it. But no, Walter Payton meant that much to the entire city, meant that much to the Bears, kept the Bears afoot, made them interesting for years and years and years, and did it completely without ego. I mean completely ego-free. And then, guess what happened? He doesn't get a chance to score, so he, he, just, he just needed time to say, what the hell? I've given you all of this, and you can't give me this one thing. And that's what Coach said, and I'm glad that they apologized, and I'm glad that they worked it out. But Walter Payton was different. He was not what you saw out of Jason Peters going at his coach over some idiot. He was not a guy that was a diva. He wasn't Antonio, none of these guys. He was just a great football player, a humble man, good father, who unfortunately died too soon. But that's the background on that. And it is, it was actually very, I, I could have done nothing else in that interview, but heard Mike Ditka say that it was the biggest mistake that he had ever made in his life, not giving Walter Payton that football. Now you can go back and look at it. It was a big deal. And Walter Payton on the field, never let anybody know that he was upset about it. And I guarantee you when he walked in the locker room, people didn't know, but I'm just telling you totally different his reaction to anything you see out of these self-interested guys that get mad on a sideline or act a fool. Walter Payton, totally, completely different. Aaron, thanks for setting that up. Again, everything else that we just talked about was fine, was interesting, but him saying that was interesting. And for all of us that grew up, you got to understand, I was a graduate assistant at IU and I didn't give a damn. I did not care if Coach Knight was going to fire me. I was getting home for that Super Bowl. I remember Steve Alford was like, hey, Doc, uh, you want to shoot after practice? I go, no, I can't. Bears are in the Super Bowl. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what they were going to do to me. I was watching the Bears. I grew up every Sunday. And then Mike Ditka comes in, and you felt like the Colts or the Bears had a chance. But that deal right there with Walter Payton not getting the football is the most interesting thing. Man, I love talking to Coach Ditka. Again, I saw him at Old Florida. Old Florida is a private golf course, and as he said, he plays golf at Bobble Link, which I believe is an all-men's club up in uh, uh, Chicago. And if you don't like the fact that it's an all-men's club, tough. So what? So anyway, built the place down in Florida. It is a golf experience. It is a great old-school Guys are in there smoking cigars. Nobody's whining. As Ditka said, you come in here, you play, you drink, you shut up. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So good for Mike Ditka. Uh, he was walking with a walker. It did take him a while. My buddy Cam Safali went up. We were having a beer after the round. He was leaving, and Ditka could not have been nicer. Could not have been nicer. But when Mike Ditka tells you the biggest regret of his life, of his life, 
is not giving Walter Payton the football. That tells you the respect that every single human being in Chicago, including his coach, Walt, uh, Mike Ditka, had for that man, Walter Payton. The fridge was a big deal, man. Big deal. National icon. Every commercial had the fridge or Ditka in it. Everyone. Everyone. He was a lovable big guy that was nimble and could score from the two-yard line. It was automatic. He just... He just ran, fell forward, but not – I didn't think about it. I hey, look, as a Bears fan, I'm like, hey, just win the game as a coach. You do think about certain things. You do. You do think about, man, I want to get this guy his thousands point, you know, or whatever. I mean, you do. And But I'm telling you, in a Super Bowl, come on, that would be hard. That would be really, really, really hard, I think, to sit there and go, hey, wait a second here. Uh, I got to get this guy a touchdown when all you're trying to do, when all you're trying to do is win a game for the first time in the history of one of the most storied organizations in the NFL, win a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears. You don't understand how big these guys were. The Super Bowl shuffle is crazy big record. Stupid, ridiculous, but glorious, right? I mean, just, you know, absolutely glorious. But that... I don't know if Mike Ditka's ever said that anywhere else. That, you know, the worst thing he's ever done. I'm sure he did. I'm sure it's in a documentary. I, I'm, I'm sure it is. But, man. Mm. Ditka Polish sausage. Look up Mike Ditka. Ditka's Chop House. Ditka's Oak Brook. Ditka's Sausage. The best. Ditka's Restaurants. But when he said it, man, the worst thing I have ever done. Man, how about that? What a great day. Got a chance to talk to Mike Ditka. Anytime you get a chance to talk to Mike Ditka, it's a great day if you're me. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Now, join me in this. It's health week. I drink beer at Bongi's. I wore it today to remind me. I'm not drinking beer, no wine, no nothing this week. No. No sugar. For those of you that are just joining the show, this is what I crushed Saturday afternoon into Sunday. 3,000 calories worth. None of this. This face is going to look like Tom Brady. we got a monster week for you. If you're first time watching us, join us again every day, 9 to 11. We'll get Dika. I'm going to try to get Urban on later in the week. How about this right here? There you go. Treat your day like that bear does, will you please? Treat your day jumping around, hanging out. It's a sunny day here in the great city of Indianapolis. I'm sure it's a little chilly. Who cares? Be like that bear. Go roll around in the grass. Why not? Do that. Bounce up. Turn the music up. Turn to Shake Your Tail Feather by Jay-Z or whoever. It's my new jam, baby. I play it every single minute of every day. <laughs> hey, Clay, thanks for retweeting us. See you guys. Ryan, Dylan, everybody. Aaron, thanks for setting that up. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Remember, nowhere to go. Stay with OutKick.com. See you.